Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast. I'm Brandon. With me as always are Mark and Zach and Victor over in the Video Village. Uh, this week I am going to be talking about my top five favorite horror remakes that are made after the year 2000. Uh, the reason why I'm doing that is I feel remakes as a whole are just kind of given a bad rap. Um, whenever there's a remake happening, everybody just assumes it's going to be bad. Um, not unwarranted, because a lot of remakes are bad. Um, but to be fair, on average, most movies are pretty just average. Um, so I've got my little top five list here. And two honorable mentions I do want to bring up real quick are the Pet Cemetery remake. Uh, far from perfect, but... I don't know, I feel like between the 89 version and the 2019 version, like there are things I think both versions did better than the other. So I feel like something in between those two versions is the perfect Pet Cemetery we'll adaptation. Them, we'll put them together. Um, and then there's Let Me In, which was an American remake of Let the Right One In. Really good movie, really well cast, really well done. Um, because of the way one scene was portrayed, I do say the Swedish original was better, but Let Me In is very much worth watching. Okay, so going into my actual top five, and it was really hard for me to actually do a ranking, so really a lot of these could be shifted around, but this is how I felt at the time of compiling the list. At number five, I have the 2013 remake of Maniac. Uh, Maniac, of course, was a 1980 movie about a guy killing women. And this remake has, stars Elijah Wood, but what's really cool about this one is it's all POV. It's like the horror version of Hardcore Henry. Um, before Hardcore before Henry. Before Hardcore because that was what, 2015-ish? Uh, 15 or 16, 15 somewhere or 16, around there. Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. Um, so this was completely done POV. I believe it did have the original director as a producer. I don't know how involved he was. Um, but just seeing it from the killer's point of view just made it that much creepier. And it makes it a completely different experience from the original. And I do like the original. It has one of the best exploding heads, courtesy of Tom Savini. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the, it's a really creepy movie that literally puts you in the head of the killer. I wouldn't mind a VR experience with the movie. Ooh. It's called Blade and Sorcery. <laughs> okay. The, uh, although you've been waiting for that uh, VR manhunt forever. If I ever hear that announcement, you will never see me again. <laughs> Number four, uh, 2010, Piranha 3D. It is a fun movie. That movie is so beautifully fun. It is unfucking believable. It's just fun. Like, and I like the original Piranha. Joe Dante's Roger Corman ripoff of Jaws, essentially. Um, but the new one, it, it's literally horror spring break. But not like a crappy made-for-sci-fi spring break horror movie. Nope. This one's good. Yeah. Good and, visuals. Yeah. And it... it it looks like you're at spring break and the prawns are just ruthless and bloody and it's awesome. Um, and it's like, it, it just goes places that other movies just don't. They weren't afraid to be fucking violent. Yeah. And it's like, you even have like the freaking girl, Girls Gone Wild spoof happening there where it's just like, what, where, what other horror movie would something that 
like that fit into. Um, Some of these damn shark movies need to take note and, and not do PG fucking thirteen. Yeah, and it's like I said, it feels like one of those spring like it feels like MTV Spring Break got invaded by Killer Piranha. Yeah, with a with a hard R rating. Yeah, and I believe it was done by the same guy that directed um, Crawl. Oh, really? Nice. High tension. Huh. Okay. And I Crawl believe he and I believe he said at one point the reason he likes making movies in America is because he wants to do horror, and Europe is a lot more cutting on the violence rather than the sex stuff. Whereas yeah. here, it's kind of the exact opposite. Mm. Which is just. I'll never understand both yeah. sides of those things. Uh, just n- like neither I. I think it's a very arbitrary argument. Yeah. It always yeah. has been. It's just why do you care about each, just just let everybody go all out. Just let them go all out. Yeah. It, it gets so much better that way. Yeah. But besides that, continue. Yes. Piranha 3D, very good time. Uh, Piranha 3 Double D. It's fun when Hasselhoff is on screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh isn't that just true yeah uh okay number three Zack snyder's dawn of the dead does it hold a candle to the original no the original is always going to be the best one but this version definitely had a huge influence on how zombie movies are made here in the states um we got the fast zombies which yes we did have 20 days later two years prior but that was from Europe, and if you want to get technical, were those really zombies? I've had that discussion so many times. Uh, you could put them in the zombie category. Yeah. I would put them in the zombie category. It's, but, are yeah. they technically zombies? No, but I don't know a single person that wanted to classify it as a zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I really liked the cast. Ving Rames was awesome. Uh, Sarah Polly was really good. Um, and it's like, it really does just feel fresh like the opening scene before the zombie like right before like the night before the zombie outbreak happens or it's all calm and tranquil and then the next morning it's just all hell breaks loose and then it goes into a johnny cash song like it's really just one of the most um quintessential like horror movie openings of my mid-teens you know what's funny i had i'd like really like visceral reaction to that movie when I saw it when I was younger you know and, and, and you know, please correct me if I'm wrong but this is the one where they have the bus with yeah. the chainsaws coming yeah I, I remember and then you also get the zombie baby I don't remember the zombie baby oh really the, um, dude I saw this movie like back in 05 when it came out the um, or 06 I mean like I saw this a long time ago but I, rem- I have such a distinct memory of seeing that the whole bus and the chainsaws yeah. on the side and then also seeing that was the first time I ever thought that a propane, you know, a propane tank could actually blow up. The um, I, I don't know why it's. It, I knew that they were dangerous and everything else, but like I'd never seen it used before. And I've been watching my dad grill forever, but like to see a flare get attached to it and you know get get shot at was fucking great. And I think that would might have been the first. That might have been the first zombie movie I ever watched. Hmm. Um, uh, and and like I just remember like I was like this is fucking cool. I also remember like thinking that one girl was really stupid for like dropping the chainsaw on herself. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, I remember like just being very visceral reaction of, of horror tropes. But I remember really liking it, and 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 it was I was a lot younger when I saw it. I was it was it oh three oh four oh four okay. And of course, I really like Andy, the, the gun store owner from across the mall, mm. and the DVD had one of my favorite extras from back then, where it's you get. Andy's video diary 
So mm. you kind of get the events of the movie from his point of view. Nice. Um, I didn't even know that existed. It's no, awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's that's worth watching, and yeah, it's zombie baby, and it's it's a slick movie without being soulless. Like I still yeah. care about the characters. It's not like. Um, it's not like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake where it's you have cardboard actors. Yeah, you know, the, and the fun thing too is, is you know, when you say slick, like I, I'll add something else to it. It's movies of that time, the early two thousands and the mid two thousands, had a very specific style. I can't really describe what that style is, but but if I say it, like people tend to know what I'm talking about. But it's. It's that style in the best possible way. Because yeah. I've seen it done awful in other things. I can't think of any movie right now. But it but it, it seemed, it's very, that modern take of like the early 2000s, mid-2000s. And then moving on to number two, 2020's The Invisible Man. I, I really liked it. Um, yeah. I thought it was great. The um, I know other people had various pins, including Vinny, who, who fucking despises it. You know, when I think about that movie, I don't know if I can really call that a remake. I would. I would actually say it's more of a remake of, of Hollow Man than yeah, it is. Yeah, if you really want to get technical. Hollow Man's kind of the unofficial remake, remake of, yeah. of. It's all universal. Actually, yeah, I strike that back. Like, that's, a, the Hollow Man is like more of a remake of the original, um, of the original Universal Monster because more plot driven towards that. But the Invisible Man is not really, like, I think it's uh, like a remake by title only. It really is. Like, that's the thing. It, it's... I still count it as a remake. Uh, no, I mean, no. And you're, you're it's, okay, right. it, it took the premise. It did something new with it. Yeah. And it did something it completely new. Yeah, it was yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's that was, I saw that in a sold out theater opening night. And one of the best audiences I've had. There's some nothing it's, And it's like, this the scene that really just brought it from like really good to great for me was at the restaurant when she meets her sister because like she's freaking meeting somebody in a public place in full view where it's like you, you think that's the safest place like public full everybody just surrounded by people still backfires on her mm-hmm. and it's like you see the knife just sort of like floating around it's like and it's like, oh wow, they they went there. That was yeah. The the character did something smart, and it still failed. And it's like that is just excellent writing. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was I think it was a solid solid movie. The um, his last and movie the opening, had, of course, again, excellent. Yeah, very tension filled. The um, and then the, I liked I liked the ending. I think I, you know what? Some a lot of people bitch about the ending, but like I, to me, I'm like. How else do you want to fucking end this movie? Yeah, yeah. They um, I, like I mean, the movie's like, got to end. No, yeah. I know. Like, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm sure some creative person somewhere could have come up with something better. But at the same time, though, I'm like, like, yeah, this is it, it's a logical conclusion to what happened. I was satisfied. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. the um, but yeah, I think it was a good movie. The last movie I saw before the pandemic in the theaters. Same. Yeah. Second oh, blast for me. I don't know. Was it? I don't know. Where's your, where's your last one? The hunt. Uh Okay. I didn't get the chance to. Or my was mine Sonic. Might have been Sonic. Invisible Man was after Sonic. Was it? Okay, yeah. then it was Invisible Man. Yeah. All right. So that brings me to my number one. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, this really should be of no surprise to you. And that is 2002's The Ring. Duh. The, the American remake of Ringu. Um. I just love it. Like, I love the look of it. I love the tone of it. 
I just love the feel that that just like analog feel. Like it, it feels as like an analog story. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Watts is great in it. I'm not annoyed by the little kid in it. <laughs> um, of course, it's that iconic imagery of the videotape and Samara crawling out of the well from the TV. And it's just such a well done movie. And it's like I mentioned on a previous podcast. I can enjoy it in a different capacity from the original. The original mm-hmm. feels more like an investigative journalism story to me, whereas The Ring feels like a horror, more of an outright horror story to me. Yeah. Uh, again, iconic horror movie opening from my preteens of the two girls uh, sitting in the house talking about the urban legend of the videotape. And I know that when you really break it down, the behavior of them doesn't really entirely make sense but it works in the moment and you can do that with movies like it it works and i don't know like that one is just one of the most iconic early 2000s horror movies to me and it's you know the funny thing is it's also the horror movie that got me in trouble too (laughs) yeah um I got in trouble for showing one of my friends that movie because nice. and that was the horror movie that was all over the marketing at the time. So that was the one that like raised all the red flags with parents at the time. And it was like I wasn't even in trouble for that. It was more like their parent complained to my mom. Mm. Yeah, fucking. Bitch. I'm glad I never had to deal with that shit. You know, it's so funny. Like I've said this in another podcast, but I think it's really important to say that that movie's fucking awesome. But it, it's funny to me because that movie is more awesome to us, and I'm including us in this this generation, our generation, and before than it, it would be to a kid today, because. The, the idea of analog and the idea of uh, passing around a VHS and like yeah. and having that like like it's it's such a it's like a it's such a blockbuster movie like it's such a blockbuster generation movie like you know the, just like that physical holding a videotape and putting it in like it's a ritual and you know and all that stuff and and urban legends that you know before the internet was really big. I mean it was there but it was really big it, it wasn't big you couldn't like kids nowadays and they hear an urban legend they, just, they don't enjoy the fucking legend they just like eh it's bullshit here's the actual fact and here's what really ha-. like I'm like that's not the fucking point like the point is to enjoy the urban legend and to scare the shit out of each other and and like it's a whole you know it's a fun culture thing it's a cool thing to do it's a fun activity it's like you know, turning off the lights and, and doing the Bloody it's Mary like, hey, thing. hey, did you hear the story about the such yeah. and such that did the such and such? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it, it's a part of that thing. And unfortunately, we are the last generation that did that. We're the last generation that um, we were right at the at the, the, the apex of when technology was going to take over. You know, and we were still the last, we're the last kids. We're the only, like, hybrid kids, like maybe a little bit of the 80s and early 90s. But like that played with video games, but then went outside. They um uh, like and and it was that. So it's so I imagine it, if you watch show it to some kid now, probably just as fucking scary and effective. But it is a very generational you know kind of thing to really get into the story because it's of the analog age. Dude, there the, are twenty year olds who don't know what the hell a VHS is. And they, I mean that's crazy to me. Like in 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 and I'm thirty. Uh, it's only ten years off. The it's, um. Let's see, uh, and I just turned 31, but I'm just going to round myself to 30 for the purposes of this conversation. I have 
way more in common with a 35 year old than I do with a 25 year old. And that's, yeah. and that's actually that's, I, e even Justin, who's one of my best friends. Uh, there's like a nine year difference between him and me. He's nine years older than me. I have way more common with him than somebody who's just five years younger than me. And that's same. And that's crazy. It's fucking Cause, weird. Because after like the, right after this movie came out, like technology like after like the year 2000 like it, the, the technology took off like a fucking rocket like you know it, it really took off like a rocket um after that like after the internet bust because the they didn't it, want the cursed videotapes anymore that's yeah, why yeah, dvd came exactly into exactly the um it's the, all part of the plan mark yeah, exactly but you know though but in this thing too is like and again i've said this before and i made the joke it just it wouldn't work on a DVD. It wouldn't work on a digital. Nah. Like, you need something physical to hold. You need it's, those tracking marks from, it, like, how many times that the VHS has been watched. <laughs> oh, my God, I remember that. Dude, and, and like, again, it's like that joke I made. They're like, like having the Necronomicon in a fucking Kindle. It just wouldn't work. Dude, imagine that. That'd be fucking hilarious. It'd be hilarious, but it just wouldn't work. Like, you know, it's it's this physical thing. You know, it's it's in the air. You know, and, and that's what made that movie work so well. The um, especially the ring for an American audience, yeah, really made it work because it was, you know, technology, you know, that that and last little bit of technology. It was made by people that wanted to make it. Yes, because like yeah, the whole Japanese American remake of Japanese horror movies boom after that because of how popular the ring was. Yes, but the ring was made because they wanted to make it. Everything after that was just trying to cash in on. Oh, what else can we adapt? Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's adapt the Grudge a thousand fucking times. No, nobody cares about the Grudge. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's my list of my top five horror remakes from two thousand and beyond. Uh, do any of you guys have any that you want to share real quick? I like Evil Dead. The um, I think the, the Evil Dead was 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 pretty yeah. good. The um, I think for what it was, you know, I, I certainly missed the style of the original. Oh Evil no, Dead. definitely. But, but it was so graphic and gratuitous that I I just fucking loved it. And then my theater experience was also great for that movie. So the um, I something um, yeah, and I I can't do something um after because technically it was ninety nine, but like House on Haunted Hill, um, I really enjoyed. I know it was ninety nine, but it was right there in that. First gaps of them. That was actually the first horror movie that I ever saw. The um, as the first scene from a first horror movie that I ever saw, and I actually wasn't even supposed to be watching it. I was I was Do literally go Thirteen Ghosts in lieu of House on Haunted Hill. Uh, the um, Thirteen Ghosts is, is, same is, production. is a great one. Great, great one as well. The um, I just remember specifically like um, I was hanging out in um, a side room with my stepbrothers. And we're playing, you know, Nintendo. And I literally, and my uh, my mom and my stepdad were watching that movie, and I was passing to go watch the and go to the bathroom. And I kind of leaned in, and it was that scene when um, uh, when Lee, I think it's James Woods, uh, flipped the guy around, and he had his face and his brain and his skull all missing and everything else. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Freaked the hell out of me, but it was it was fucking cool. The um, uh, but yeah, that's definitely one of those. But you still mind though the ring. The ring is yeah. The ring is the the one I think is great among all among dude among all of them. Like, it's it's okay. Like what else you got though? Like you know when it comes out, with the exception of uh, of the Evil Dead remake. When I like the Texas Chainsaw the early Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The three one. Yeah, I have not yeah. seen that one since it first came on DVD. So that was one that that and it's prequel. If I, if, I, if I were to watch it again, it might make my list. But I I just it's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, the that and its prequel were really good. Um, even the Friday the Thirteenth remake, it's it's another Friday the Thirteenth movie. So, don't mind me talking. 
So, yeah, I mean, it does its job, so I, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I fucking hate with every fiber of my being the Nightmare on Elm Street We're here to talk about good remakes. Yeah, I know, but... So, yeah, I mean, Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw, Friday the 13th, I like those ones. Nice. Cool. All right, so that does it for my list of the top five horror remakes from 2000 and beyond. Thank you for watching slash listening to this episode of the Nightmares Podcast. You can check out all previous episodes wherever podcasts are available. Also, be sure to check us out on all of our social media at Midwest Horror Network on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Slasher. And, of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, if you'd be so awesome to stab that like button, smash that subscribe, and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here on MHN. And, hey, if you've already smashed the subscribe button, go ahead and smash that share button. We want to get the word out um, about these amazing stuff that's going on on the channel. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on the Nightmares Podcast.